क्या उठिए बच्चा हेलो वेलकम बैक वी गॉट नो थीम ट्यून दिस वीक गोइंग what i don't know what paul mccartney you'll know this what paul mccartney called it when he uh, took all the strings off let it be let it be naked <laughs> this is her to berlin uk naked due to Who's a few tech yeah yeah shame you can't see us right now yeah. we haven't uh, we haven't been sued by uh, the club for using their songs but um we haven't got access to to our usual podcasting kit this week but uh, doesn't really matter people are only here for the uh, for the chit chit chat so let me give you something to talk about and think about uh the uh, i'll go with a nice easy one the the win over hamburg uh, which felt prior to playing felt like a desperate situation on winning the second leg and uh, thus uh, staying in the bundesliga felt like we'd finally won something mm. you know it felt like a great achievement like we'd uh, won a cup or a big trophy when mm. uh, actually in reality and we can dig into this a bit more uh, as we go along um, we didn't win anything really apart from our right to stay in the league which was touch and go for most of the season and uh, um, prior to going down again and we can dig into this uh, there were divisions in the uh, the camp of um, Hertha fans some saying we should survive at all costs and i said that that was my certainly my position there were other people who i also had a lot of sympathy with said well maybe we should just go down hit the reset button and then come back um, there was uh, a lot of tension around how players had performed over the season and again we we've had a season with three managers uh um i looked at the uh stats the win <laughs> the win stats uh for uh uh, uh cut uh 14% that's not going to keep you in a job very long <laughs> is it uh, uh felix uh magar managed uh 33% and uh ultimately it was enough for us to survive over the uh the the short spell that he was with us so lots to talk about there really uh i think i'm i'm going to kick off uh, obviously by talking about hamburg i would say if you're in the camp where we got relegated i looked at uh, bundesliga's vai for next season it would have been the good, a good season to come back up because i think the uh, um the uh, roster for next year uh, offers an opportunity for uh, promotion i think my big concern at the end of the season was we'd go down and be lost forever but i think there would be a good chance we would have come back uh, on reflection so we maybe would have hit reset so i suppose um i'll throw out to chris as our club chairman um should we have stayed up or would it is staying up the best way to reset or should we have gone down and hit reset um i'll take your first question should we have stayed up and i think ultimately the table doesn't lie in which case my gut says no <laughs> um however the table was slightly altered and i know everyone has to play everyone twice however if you look at the last couple of fixtures whilst on paper ours looked the better and i remember 
writing in a blog and also talking on here that if we pick seven or nine points up out of our three games in April, we'd survive. Well, we did just that. However, um, Stuttgart put a fantastic run together towards the end, um, taking points off, off Bayern, etc. However, it was slightly distorted. And again, I appreciate we all have to play everyone twice. However, not everyone gets to play a punch-drunk Bayern. <laughs> and so if you take that out of the mix, we would have finished higher. However, come on, we're splitting hairs about whether we're finishing 15th or 16th. We survived by the skin of our teeth, especially after that first leg, um, the home the home game. I could not, I'm sure we'll get onto this later, but I could not believe just how poor we were. Mm. And I think he got his tactics right. I understand why and how he approached that first leg, but there's just the execution was just well inept. Mm. And I think that that's what worries me for next <clears throat> season, mm. and which is why possibly this could just be a stay of execution, because unless things seriously change, it's just not good enough. Um, and you had we had our arguably our most experienced coach since Connie Gotto, and I do credit him with keeping us in the league, Felix McGat and his team. I do credit him with keeping us in the league. However, I don't think I don't think relegation should ever be um, welcomed purely because there's no guarantee that you are going to come back bigger, better and stronger. But if they needed that wake-up call, Herta, and I think if we're still in a position, after the first, I think we'll know after the first 10 games mm-hmm. where we are. I think we'll know after the first 10 games where we are again. So, yeah, acted too late. Twice. Yeah. Um, but I think Bobic recognises that and put his hands up to that. Ultimately, the starting 11 are not strong enough. And the standout leaders in that starting 11 are only getting older. So I I am a bit apprehensive. (laughs) I should be pleased and I should be happy. And I think had we done this immediately after the second leg, I would have been just that. But now it's settled and landed. I hope it's not a plaster over a big wound <laughs> yeah so I'll, I'll go to anna because you must you're itching to dive in i think and were, are you were you in the the team reset relegation <laughs> reset or team survival yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know you're thinking about me when you say some of us thought being relegated would be a good idea no, um a friend of mine also said the same because yeah the, it, i mean it was a common view it yeah was, he he agreed with me that, that that when you survive, I mean, this is what happened to Hamburg before they went down. They survived through relegation playoff, 15th, 10th, 16th again, 15th again, year after year. And then finally they went down in 17th. So eventually it caught up with them. And it was like Chris said, sticking plaster after plaster after plaster after plaster on a gaping wound that just kept bleeding. And then eventually it just, for Hamburg, 
they died of an infection. I think that's pretty much it. It's like, nice. it's just pretty, yeah, it's nice true though. Think about it. I mean, it's just, you don't want to see that happen. But the thing is that the, the mess that was created through years of mismanagement before now has been so bad and so um, damaging that you can't fix it in one year. You try to fix it in one year, bring in players, because we, we needed to, to, to create money. Like, we had no money. We had to create something out of in terms of finances. Otherwise, we could have been in bigger trouble. And the players we brought in wasn't, you know, it's not enough and it's not strong enough. But at the same time, we can't afford these players that we kept, that we bought three years ago. So the job that, that's been done is like... <coughs> It doesn't happen in one year. You have to wait, which is what you'll probably see now. People talking about expensive players on expensive wages leaving to to replace them with players better suited to a coach that's coming in, that they know how they play football. Um, You know, we didn't have that. When Dardo was in charge at the beginning of the season, he didn't request any certain type of player to come in. He just sort of let Bobbitt get on with it. Then everybody complained that we didn't get enough players in, right? But the players that we sent out on loan, either didn't want to be there or were just costing us too much in wages, so we had to let them go. Then we got a new coach, we got Corker in. He had an idea about to play football, but he couldn't make signings because he was we were just playing badly anyway. When Magat came in, we still couldn't. So none of those coaches had a team that suggests a long-term investment. It was all just... Let's get through the season and see what happens with this bunch of players that I don't actually know what to do with. And it's just it was just a mess from the start. Uh, but of course, people will blame this or that or that. It's an accumulation of different things. It's the mess caused by uh, Klinsmann, Fritz. It's the mess caused by uh, them. And then Bobic not sorting it out quickly. But then you can't sort it out quickly because this mess is so bad that you don't just take one season to get rid of it. And you end up in this situation where you end up in the playoff. And the problem is, like I said, with Hamburg, exactly the same thing happened. With Schalke, it happened very quickly. But with Hamburg, it was years. So it happened year after year after year. And you don't want that to happen to Hertha as well, which is why I think they're trying so desperately now to sort this out within the summer, because they know what needs to be done now. It's quite obvious what needs to be done to fix things. But it's just... When you mismanage a, a massive investment of money... And you don't know what to do with it. I mean, Mike was talking about Everton the other day and how much back they got from what they spent. Nothing. We got the same thing, you know. Mm. We got yeah. players in that cost Smaller all this money scale. and they're not doing anything. So, um, yeah. I just, I, I think Chris is right. I mean, I, I thought the reason why it would be good to go down would be that it, you have no choice but to reset. You can't make the same mistakes because you have no choice but to completely start from scratch. You have to start from scratch rather than just plastering over the wound. Yeah. Um, and actually, like we would have had to start from scratch. When I look at not so much Brainman, but Schalke and what they've done, they're still in a mess financially. And I think they'll go straight back down because they won't be able to afford players they need to stay in the league. I honestly I so. do. No, I think <laughs> they will. I, Me and a few others agreed that they're going to have a real horrible time trying yeah. to stay up. Cause there's got, there's a big still, gap. There is a yeah. big gap between the Bundesliga and Bundesliga as well. There is. When you watch it, second mm. division, you're like the, the quality difference is massive. Yeah. Um, I like uh, something Mike said actually about it. Must have been on the WhatsApp group. Mm. Um, um, 
the uh, that had we gone down, it would have given some of the lesser players a chance to develop mm-hmm. in that division. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like Lee and Sona and Maulida would have done well to play lower down and, and work their way up mm-hmm. rather than start high up because they've got qualities. I, I, you can see they've got qualities, but those qualities can't always be developed in the Bundesliga, especially when you're fighting relegation. How are you supposed to develop if you're constantly scared of going down? You don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not just developing those, it's developing in that squad. So like Selka as well, can you, you can throw in there. He'd be a great as, as they player. work together as a team and then that team gets promoted, if they can yeah. continue to develop, they work you could, together for 12 months as well. You could definitely see Selka getting a hat full of goals full. in the, in that division. So. I just worry we'd be more of a Hamburg than a Bremen Schalke. That was my yeah, main so. fear. If we went down and then that became, you, you know, we, we were there for a couple of years and we lost the playoff, stayed there. I, I don't want I mean, that. There's something interesting about Schalke and Bremen. They both changed coaches in the second division. Mm-hmm. Bremen had no choice because of Mark Anfang, who faked his vaccine certificate, so he had to be sacked. Um, Schalke sacked Gramotzis because... They weren't good enough under him, so they got in a temporary coach. I can't remember his name, but now they have Frank Kramer from Bielefeld. The guy that got Bielefeld relegated is now in charge of Schalke. Yeah, that's a curious <laughs> one, that one. Mm. I mean, there are other coaches out there. Tayfan Korkos. Yeah, Adi Hutter, for instance, like who was thinking yeah. of us and stuff. Or, you know, the, at the time, Sandra Schwartz could have gone there. Any any coach could have gone there. But the, they didn't. I don't think they want to touch Schalke because they know how much debt they're in and they know mm. how much trouble they're in. And they're still in that trouble. They're trying to sell their second division players for between 8 and 10 million euros, which is yeah. never going to happen. Was there any and, um, suggestion, sorry to interrupt, was there any suggestion that Schwartz would have come had we been relegated? Yes, mm-hmm. he would have. Yeah, right. they they confirmed that he was going to sign with us whether we were in the second or first division. So um, it looks like Hertha was his get out clause to leave Russia because it yeah. guaranteed him a job. Um, he wouldn't. He said he would not have stayed in Moscow. Um, he had not would not have stayed in Moscow through the summer because he couldn't handle it anymore because of what was happening there politically yeah. and, and what's happening. In, it's in one of, it's one of those things. Like I don't know you probably haven't seen it but there's a documentary called once upon a time in london grad you, you, you do not want to leave <laughs> moscow under a cloud no. Fine. No. <laughs> and know. they said they did celebrate him to be fair dinamo moscow yeah. they really liked him um so yeah. but we could have um, we could have ended up with anybody <laughs> what's his style of play because that's something that still concerns me and maybe again the relegation would have been a perfect chance to reset that. Chatter, you need the players as well, don't you? Like he could be an attacking player and so not he, have an attacking he likes, squad. He likes a back four, not a back three. Um, high pressing, quite high pressing. Yeah. Um, Who doesn't? It, yeah, I know that's the way things go these days. Um, everybody presses high. <laughs> He, so we have um, the players to do that. That's my concern. That's what I guess we're looking at in the summer. For recruitment. See what yeah. kind of players we want to Maybe get. it doesn't need to be the best quality because we know we can't afford that. But if you can get someone who you know has got an engine mm. that will work for 90 minutes and hassle and hassle and I hassle, mean, then... The main thing that, if you look at the journalists in Germany, have said is that 
uh, they said that Schwartz is very adaptable in terms of his uh, tactics. Mm. So if something doesn't work, he may try something else. He's quite adaptable in the way he plays, but he does like to play with a back four. So, Magat sat deep, didn't he? Like for, for me, it was almost like let's absorb it, let let's sit, and yeah. then hit teams on the break. Yeah, and yeah. we but ran more. We, yeah. we were one of the best runners in the league under him as far as we know, ran kilometers more. covered yeah, in, in yeah. games. We ran more than our but opponent needed was, every game. But you'd look, and then you'd be like, we'd be on thirty something percent possession, and yeah. we'd do two hundred passes less. But it was all about what you did with it, and it was, you know, I think I mean, it, he was, saw what we had, and that was the best we could do. It was interesting because I, uh, I had a phone call with uh, Derek Ray, the commentator Derek Ray, and he, uh, he and me were talking about the playoff before it happened, the second one I think. I can't remember if it was the first one. But I think it was the second one. I can't remember if it was before or after, but I'm pretty convinced it was. I think before it was because... after. Was it after Berlin? Because I, was... I feel like you were talking about that yeah, game. Yeah, we were talking about the first game and not the second because he mm. kept saying, "Oh, it's only half time. It's only half time." Mm. And then I met him up when I was at work. He came through the airport. I was like, "Ah, Derek, so good to see you in person." Um, but um, he basically said that uh, Hamburg only had one way of playing, which was possession game. That was it. And once, mm. if if you learned how to stifle possession and stop them coming forward that was that was the end of their game they, they couldn't handle it after that because they had no alternatives yeah. and he was right because they tried that in the second leg and we the, countered it the first, pretty well the first game was horrific it, it was oh, terrible no. it was really really bad but you get to that second leg they've got everything to lose at that point going into that yeah. one yeah. goal up the pressure that was on that club yeah, we're, you we're could, already, that, you know, we could be already down, but I mean, they they yeah. need to. If they just scored two in the first leg, I think it yeah, might have yeah, been different. But... The the interesting thing was that the the goal that that they scored in the first leg was completely accidental. So it wasn't like they were yeah. trying to score. It was just one of those things you watch and you're just. It's yeah. one of we, those we were poor, but the game was poor, like, wasn't it? No. Yeah, it was. A, it, it wasn't was a great game as well. As Hertha fans, we we felt it more because. This is a team from the second division, I mean, and the yeah. Mainz game we were we were at a few of us were at. It looked like we'd run out of steam a little bit at that point. That was my fear. I thought if we head to this this game now, we're in big trouble. If, we, just had, if we had got a point out of that Mainz game, we wouldn't have even gone to the playoff. That's what's yeah. so frustrating yeah. because there was a goal scored in the very last minute, and it was called back. And I just kept watching it, like how. How could you like it's a it's a contact sport? How could you give that yeah. as a foul? Well, the goal we gave away at Bielefeld as well. Mm. Oh, yeah. and the one we missed at Bielefeld, the two, the one on one between very little young Luca Bolschlager, who's so young, I think he's 17, 18 or something, mm-hmm. and Mittelstedt, who are like, you have the ball, no, you have the ball, I don't want to score, you score. Uh, yeah, just put it in. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that was when our friend Bert ended up on the screen just shortly yeah. after that. And yeah. you're watching, you're just like, no. And you knew when you missed that chance mm. that Bielefeld were going to equalise. Yeah. It's a confidence thing, though. That isn't. It? Yeah. That's when you when your team's low on confidence. Are these no these are probably things you wouldn't be talking about if you if you were comfortably mid table and yeah. like you know everything's going. It's when, when you get into the mess we keep getting into, these things matter. Chris, what yeah. are you saying? So, so here's a question. Here's a question. You mentioned the phrase comfortably mid-table. Comfortably. Now, that's about, as, that's about as beige as you can get. Would we rather, <laughs> rather have the next five years of comfortably mid-table? Yeah. Or 
have the ups and downs that come with being a mediocre football club. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll just pick quickly and say, I just thought <laughs> we're brilliant. The second leg was the best one yeah. I've had for about 10 years. I, 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 got, I got two of them because I'd Everton Palace as well. So I had that, that emotion twice in a, in a short space that of time. That was that comeback, wasn't it? As like, mm-hmm. oh, fucking hell. The, <laughs> the, the, the fear for me, and again, I don't know if this comes from not seeing Everton ever relegated as well. And I have seen her to go down and then come straight back up. I don't like the idea of, of, like, I know it's not great. I don't want to be at the bottom of the table, but I'd no. still rather watch us play the best teams in the league, in the country, than watch us. Mm. Like, I remember seeing the games. Like, I can't even yeah. remember who Sand it was. Housing! There was someone, someone someone we played, and there was a block of flats behind the stand that had about 10 rows in it. And the people who were in the flats basically had a free season ticket all like season. A for or a somewhere. Or and I'm thinking, you know, this isn't where I want her to Berlin to be. You know, uh, I know, yeah, I know, we're not yeah. Champions League team anymore. That was only a short space of time. To finish, just to put it another way, though, to finish mid-table, you you have to take a few scalps along the way. Mm. You know, you like to get yeah. your points up. Yeah. So, and the I really was. We had a couple of scalps this season. Mm-hmm. Brilliant result yeah, against Dortmund. Dortmund. Yeah. You know. But it's like a false flag because Corker, um to start with, his football was all right, but the personality was not mm-hmm. enough to, 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 to instill some sort of fear into the players. They sort of yeah. didn't realise the kind of trouble mm. they were in. I so, don't think McGat done that though either, but I think, I think he I think he gave the the players like, the respect I for him for who he was. Yeah. McGat's history and mm. the type of guy he is. And the sort he of had like, to play he's for not ag- he's not aggressive, but he is frightening to look mm. at to to be around. He's a scary guy. I think they had enough respect for him to actually, you know. That's, that's it. It's respect. I think it was, this this guy's done it all. And it was a mix because you had that guy who's watching who's terrifying like the gap, but you had Mark Botheringham. He was kind of like fatherly and and sort of like you know looking after the players and actually speaking mm. to them. And his German's perfect as well. Bothering if you've ever heard that in that press conference he did, it was mm. the best thing I've ever heard <laughs> with a thick Scottish yeah. accent. Same with Derek Ray that week because he's Scottish as well, isn't he? He has the it's same amazing. It's, fine. Um, yeah. it's amazing, like, but Fotheringham, I'm sad that he won't be coming back because he's did very, very well. But Corkut didn't have that influence on the players. They started to, I think they started to lose faith in him. When you lose faith yeah. in the coach, but you don't lose faith in someone like McGat because he's he's terrifying. I thought the last the last days of Corkut, I thought it was a very sad thing. It was a sad thing to he see. Looked, he, I, I like Corkut as a guy. Between him and the team, it was. He's, but also, it yeah. was. You can say Bo, and like you know, Chris has said, Bobic is sort of accepted it it was too late but it was it was it wasn't good for anyone like you know it was what i um, I want now we need a season where we've not got three coaches we've got to get past that (laughs) we we really do Um, we need hopefully this guy comes in and we can get through a whole season with the same coach and you know build on uh, there was just a point where just at the general meeting that they had uh i think a week or two ago where the um there was a lot of speakers, including Bobic, including Vintorst, with enough, um, where Bobic actually admitted for the first time openly that he made mistakes this season mm. and apologised for it because people criticised him saying, you don't take any of the blame for this, you're just blaming everyone else. And 
Oh, oh is that Anna's we, we, Wi-Fi there? We, we may have lost there. On that, on that, yeah, I think he's right to apologise. As is everyone, I think everyone made mistakes during the season. There's no yeah. doubt in that. It's it is what it is. I, I some of the recruitment could have been better. Cork could have been fired earlier. Yeah, well, no, we learned uh, from that. Yeah, Dada could have been given a few more games. It was remember, it was just like one Monday morning. It was uh, yeah. oh, he's yeah. gone. <laughs> Mm. You know, it wasn't like, oh man, what a dreadful run! What are we going to do? Well, I mean, the football yeah. was wasn't great, but it wasn't. It wasn't it got worse. In the territory. <laughs> it definitely got worse. And Coco came in immediately, didn't he? It was like it was it was pre-assigned for him to come in. We've just got we a message from the internet cut out. It came to him out of necessity, though, didn't we? Again, not out yeah. of a master plan, and that's what worries yeah. me, to be honest, is that. I don't know. Maybe it's my blue and white tinted glasses, but are we not? Are we not a big club without playing into that that new thing that's come out? You know, the big, big city. city club and all that business. But are we? Are we not a draw? Are we? Yeah, that's what I always thought. Why? Do managers Why? not want to come? It's. You would think that the city alone, being a capital city, and the, the potential. So all right, we've got you out. The potential you know, of the what? club's got is big. I, I got to use my data because for some reason the new Wi-Fi has just cut out completely. I think it might be having a bit of a tizzy. Um, don't know what's like, going on there. Yeah. I, I, I think about clubs in, in like the Premier League and you've got some real small town, middle of the road, not a great history, not a great pedigree clubs attracting not even name managers but quality managers yeah. Chris when did Everton last win anything and he had Carlo Ancelotti as a manager well that's so that's I've, you know we've yeah, joked true. in the past haven't we we, we said you know, why, why wouldn't Mourinho take a job in Berlin for, for a bit you know just something totally different because yeah it must be money. It, maybe the money's not there. That yeah, we I mean, pay the coach you, the money. If you're on the if you're on the fifty plus one situation, you can't just have the chairman saying he's my guy and I'm going to bankroll his salary. You know, which mm-hmm. is what you get with a lot yeah. of lot of big names. So someone like Mourinho is probably unrealistic. You know, because the but like there must be like a middle ground. I mean, somewhere. Cool, yeah, cool well, I think. I mean, oh, Anna's got that? <laughs> Yeah, I think the. Yeah, I'm hoping this guy we've got is the middle ground. You know, that's the thing. I think. Uh... Yeah, yeah. I I would have liked um, Kovac. I would have liked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gone Wolfsburg. <laughs> oh, yeah. I see. And, and you and you think there, you look at it and think, you know, what is it? That, I know Wolfsburg had more success in the last 10, 15 years, but what is the it's difference? Felix McGat. Money. Yeah, but you. The money thing is, Kovac. Was, yeah, it, Kovac was so. He was such a flipping talisman for yeah. her. To, he, but it's like it's, surely there's some romance there that he must think. You know what it I is? I want to this give it what, a go. Yeah. I think that it's that he doesn't want to make the mess that's already there any worse and well, get the blame it, for it. Because yeah. Does 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 anyone want the job where we're at at the moment? Is that why? You know, if, if Schwartz yeah. if Schwartz had agreed to this before the playoff game. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Maybe Kovac is. But I'm not going to go for this because I think, um, you might be Schwartz, the second tier. Schwartz won't care if he gets blame, right? Because he doesn't have a, a history with her. So if he gets the blame, he gets the blame. You know, you get sacked. Sorry, that's my washing machine. 
<laughs> we're getting like everything from from you tonight. I know it's like you've moved into a new flat. <laughs> My wife's <laughs> gonna um, yeah. No, um, basically, yeah, a co-manager has a history. So if something went wrong and we were doing really bad under him. He gets the blame for it, and he's got a history with us. You'd be like, oh, Kovic, Kovac ruined Hertha. Schwartz, Schwartz might just go and get another job somewhere else, you know? So yeah. I think with him, it's a difficult one. I don't think he wants to make the mess any worse. He's got the passion or desire, though, normally you would. It's, it's your club, you know, a club that you've you've got fond feelings for. You would give it that go. But I'm totally with you because I've seen it when, when managers have done well. Howard Kendall come back a couple of times. Pal dad, I it, it happens. You come back in and it's not the same. Yeah. So you don't want to have you 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 know look at Preetz. Preetz was a great player for the club. Mm. His his is kind of tarnished now because of his time as as yeah. the and they've only just they only just released him from the contract that he had because they yeah. were still paying him. I think I think over time though I think it'll repair with Preetz as as a human being and as a former player. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, think it's I don't think. I just think at the moment, it, you know, it's a bit sore. You can. It, it was alien to him to be given that kind of money from Vindos to spend. Yeah. You know, and he, yeah. he he went in without the experience and, and yeah. made some. Shit I don't. I don't think anyone will give him much sympathy on that. That if 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 I'm being blunt, I think mm. the business dealings. I think people are thinking, oh yeah, that was shit, wasn't it? But like. You got to remember, he's a great player for us. Mm-hmm. So a great. No memory. one hates him as a guy. It's the same yeah. with a lot of players and co- like Paul will leave now. He's also contract. He was contracted for life. This is the kind of message that Preet's made was that he gave Paul Dardo a life contract, which you yeah. can't get out of. You get less for now. Even if he's no longer working. Yeah. Not sure the murder analogy works, but it kind of does in a way. (laughs) When when it comes to her. But yeah, people don't hate him as a person. They just like, why did we? Why did we do it so long? Even even like that aside and the money and all the rest of it. What a project. Yeah. What a project! Like we great, great um, city, great stadium at the moment. New stadium coming. Mm. Well, on that, right? On that, we mentioned it in the WhatsApp group. The and maybe this is where I'm actually not close enough to it. So maybe mm. this is actually a more of an objective viewpoint because I don't necessarily have the same uh, emotional ties. Now, why on earth? Would you not just actually, we've got a world-class, historic stadium, which is perfect for its infrastructure, perfect. The only thing is we can't fill it. Why can't we fill it? That's the first question. Why can't we fill it? And if any of that answer resolves around, well, we're not good enough, well, then be good enough. Go out and be good enough. And if it takes 10 years, take 10 years. For me, the the concept of actually going our 80,000, our 80,000 seats a stadium is too big for us. And actually, we need to downsize. How is that going to attract a player? How is that going to attract a coach? And what happens if in a 45, 50,000 seat stadium, mm-hmm. it, only takes, it only takes a season we have a season, we have a coach, we pick out a Ange Postacoglu, whatever his name is from Celtic. We, we pick out that type of coach. 
absolute from nowhere, cost nothing, no history. We're Arsenal in 96 and we pick out Arsene Wenger, right? And we then go, oh dear, there's a waiting list now. Hmm. Oh, we can't get any tickets. What should we do? Hmm. Oh, it's all right, we've got the stadium 200 yards away. We'll go back in there. Yeah. I just don't get the mentality of that. I, I hate yeah, that. mentality. I hate, I hate the prospect, the thought of certain games of the season we've got to go and play in under the stadium after spending 200 plus million pound on, on a stadium for ourselves yeah it, it, it doesn't make sense for me but the money you get from the extra tickets would be massive so yeah, that they have to use it but the, the the what chris was saying the reason we can't stay there what but, but berlin as a city is full of people that do not come from berlin Right. So there's a city full of people that move there that are already fans of other clubs like Hanover or Stuttgart or this or that or Bayern. Like alone. Right. So they have the fans that, that, that become them from a young age usually do so by their parents. Right. So or they come to discover it on their own or whatever. But we're not a Bayern and we're not Stuttgart oh. and we're not this and we're not that. We're, we, you, the stadium is too big and it costs too much. We cannot stay mm. in that stadium. Uh, and I'm it from the costs... northwest, so I don't know what it's like where you are, but London has got so many bigger teams than Berlin has and a lot more people. Mm. Is London not full of people from all over? No. No, no, the people. So, so that, is it mostly in that? So area? we have a lot of people that come down, like to go to university, but the majority of people that go to those games are from the local area. From, from there. Yeah. Okay. So, oh. like, I, I mean, with the big clubs like Liverpool or United or City or whatever, they 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 are from everywhere. But that's the same with Bayern. It's the same. That's twice that's you've swore football. on this podcast. But that's modern football, like yeah. you said. But the problem with this stadium is that we cannot touch it. It does not belong to us. It belongs I to the know. state, and we can't touch it. Yeah. And that's why we need a stadium that we can do renovations to, that we can it, I know, make I know, I know it needs that, but I don't think it, it costs a fortune to rent when you factor in the cost of buying, building your own stadium. 200 I, million I, I do, euros a year. Is that how much it costs us to rent to use? 200 so. million? I get Gold, Sullivan and Brady to do their deal. Yeah. They did for West Ham. Is capping our potential, isn't it? Or is it unlocking more potential? Well, let me just, let me just focus. My, my concern is the track. That's my, that's my main concern, is that whenever yeah. I go, I, I feel like I'm quite far away. The, yeah, the, the atmosphere is great where we are. Can't but touch it. What do the players get? Like, weren't because the fans are so far away. Is it quieter than, than there's not less intimidating than the other stadiums? There's, there's been a study done on Bundesliga football over a, a 50 year period. Uh, and teams with an athletic track around their uh, pitch lose more frequently than those who do not. But it's not just us. Um, who else has one? Nuremberg has one yeah. and Braunschweig. Bayern Munich had one throughout used the 90s. Yeah, 70s. used to. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's what I was um, going to say. Yeah. But the, it, it's yeah. like West Ham, West Ham has the running track. It's nowhere near as far away as, as ours is. But the atmosphere is fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that atmosphere at all. Um, but, people uh, say there's no atmosphere at the London State. They're so wrong. There is an atmosphere at the London State. I think, I think, the, I think what, answer, that, there is one. what answers the question is it's a marathon, not a sprint, and you don't need a track for that. But how does fans like, you know, Berlin born and whatever, they've wanted a stadium outside the Olympics, not because they don't love the Olympic Stadium, but because it's not it's not ours. It doesn't belong yeah. to us. Yeah. So, I, I, I would like one too. I just feel it's yeah. too small. I and feel you know, it's too you're looking small. at you're looking at um uh, uh you're looking at the the horrible other team in Berlin or not even in Berlin um 
but they, they they bought the land for cheap price and they got people to build it that's it yeah. now it's theirs it belongs to them they pay the rent for the ground that they use but that's it they, that's all they pay for my so concern was they said we couldn't ex- that 45,000 was as, as big annoying. as it could go if it was but 45 would scope yeah, to yeah. go to 60 if we needed 40, to yeah. then that's fine you'd but, have to build up not out and the but, problem is that because of the the place they want to put it which is in the olympic grounds they can't expand outwards because it would just get in where, the way where does that put us on a list of teams as far as size of stadium because third. <coughs> germany's got some big stadiums third. Well, third at the moment yeah but i mean on the, in, with a forty-five thousand, it would put stadium. us mid-table Maybe. comfortably mid-table. comfortably <laughs> mid-table and and that for me is a concern <laughs> because we are a big capital club with a you know we're not well, the last couple it, of that same big city but I was, I, you know besides the last couple of seasons we were, were the biggest club in berlin but berlin's the capital city of germany had it maybe not been for the division of the country we'd have probably been a bigger side anyway mm, i think that bayern and dortmund are just too big to catch up with as well it's just like we're <laughs> never this fly gone into, hold on does this fly fly <laughs> come <laughs> from that, in, in downsizing does that not put us further further behind well, the thing is, though, Chris, what? The, 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 well, two things I would say briefly. When you outlined your vision of, well, we could pluck a Wenger out, give an unlimited contract and, and be this amazing club that filled this uh, stadium that was, you know, two parts empty on occasion, uh, on many occasions. Uh, that That's basically what Mike... Ashley did at Newcastle with Pardew. You built half it of this, with the stadium you know, at Newcastle. So there's a risk. Old, there's a risk to that, and then there's a risk when that individual, if you do get your Wenger, you know, we're like the Man United situation, probably not a great example, but then haven't recovered from Ferguson leaving. They, they, you know, if they were if they were a startup like Herter, they would they would be uh you know struggling. They're not a global brand and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I. I suppose, you know, it's better to have 45,000 true Hatana than 80,000. Right on top. 30,000 30 yeah. 30, crowds have been rendered yeah. in because we're successful. It's nice to have No, but even the last couple of games, they, they were near enough. They wanted a big crowd there. I think it was nearly full for the Mainz game. Well, that was yeah, what it was. a lot of tickets away. It, it, took, it took free tickets to do it. I think... Pre-COVID, was it not like you could buy one adult and get four kids tickets free or something? Yeah. I remember saying, kids for free, I mean, kids and, for and free. We're, we're doing that just to get fifty, sixty thousand. And so maybe, yeah. you know, also, what we want a full stadium, but maybe we, we can't get it. And if you've got a stadium with 20, 25,000 kids in it, you're not getting the atmosphere you want either. That's as good as this. Mike. I remember 20, 25 years ago, West Ham were doing kids for a quid. Um, well. Now we've got a stadium where those those fans those kids are season tickets holders hopefully yeah I'd like to see the stats of that yeah. to be honest um, but that's how you start give the tickets away give them yeah, away it was, it, it well, was a brilliant scheme there, the empty seat. yeah the the revenue is basically a, a lot of the revenue comes from I think uh, I don't know the direct correlation between the data from the UK and the Bundesliga but. In the UK, something like ten percent of the football team's revenue in the Premier League actually comes from the games, and ninety percent mm. comes I from think, TV. Yeah. I think you, you look at Liverpool; they've got less guys. season ticket holders than, than Everton have. But I think they'd rather have people come in from outside the city because 
they're coming in and then spend the money in the club shop. They're, they're yeah. taking more. Your local fans not going to go in and spend, you know, drop a hundred quid in the club shop, or you know, go and pay for the tour the day I'm, before or day I'm after. I'm biting just my lip, trying to make a derogatory remark about what would happen in the club shop. I don't think they the club wants to become this commercial no thing. I, I think you yeah. know. Um, if we wanted to be commercial, we'd become Bayern, you know. Or you, you can't or, do that without being successful anyway. You've got to be, be Leipzig first. or something, you know. They don't want that. Uh, they yeah, want to play kind of, a stadium sorry. that suits them, you know, that, yeah. that, that suits the size of the club because we don't we don't have eighty thousand. Yeah, but look at Le- look at Leipzig as a model is quite mm. interesting in that mm. to me it's one of failure. They're kind of associated with being a big club with you know they're a lot of money club. and they're, they're not, not doing that well they're like you know all right mm. okay they put bloody 11 pastels this season mm. whatever but they made they made it know. to the top and, and they've done it really really quickly but and, they, and they've done well in the bundesliga but the they haven't really moved on have they? terrible the atmosphere yeah. in that stadium is awful well, imagine, what it, was, imagine what it was like six seven sorry. years ago yeah. when because it was built for the world cup i think wasn't it the leipzig stadium so they've been playing in it when he was down in, in the regional league or in the Dritter league. And imagine what it was like yeah. then. It's horrible. I mean, it's just, I don't want to become a brand or, you know, oh, Hertha, big Berlin city, blah, 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 blah. I mean, is even both of both teams in the city do not come out and say, we want to be successful. We want this. We want that. They're just quite happy being what they are, which is good because I don't want to be this team that, Oh, how do you? I know all about them. I want. I like it when people go, "Who the bloody hell are her to be a C?" I was like being in Berlin recently. Get like people coming up and asking, "Why Hertha? Why do you follow Hertha?" I so I like lot. that. You know, it's it's nice because it's like, you know, we've not come glory hunt. None of us have gone. Let's yeah. pick you the best. Let's pick the, the best team. Why yeah. not Bayern? Why not Dortmund? Mm. I was like, well, I've never been to to Dortmund, and I yeah. don't like Munich I mean it's, it's I, do, I like Munich but I don't love it you know it's I don't yeah I'm the same yeah it's all right but it's not I think Munich, Munich's not a lovely Berlin. city but it's not Berlin yeah no it's it's too it's too commercialized it's, it, it, was, it was it was so nice to be back there like recently it really was and and you know I got I met Mark obviously for the first time and we saw Bert and some of the other people that we know over there and it was just it was just so nice to be back in the city and the city is is part of it all, I think, for for us all, yeah. all following yeah. the club as well. It's and more than just on that. Uh, it, I I see a lot of parallels with uh, with Newcastle, Saudi uh, blood money aside. But in terms of that real identity of the of the culture of the city, mm. Berlin is so unique in in its culture and its history, and the people. And I think like London has that, but it's diluted by about fifteen thousand football teams. Yeah. Um, Manchester, obviously, the two biggies. Liverpool um, has got Everton, and then uh, three a, times a, a team plays in red, and Tranmere, of course. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, like, whilst there is another club on the outskirts of Berlin, I do see the link, or I can make a link with Newcastle. And whilst Newcastle have been hugely uh, unsuccessful Yo-yo for many, club. many, many years, yeah. like Hertha, um, they play in 
flirted they, with you all of them as well. So they've always Newcastle have always had I don't want to say brand, but they've always had a brand of football, haven't they? They've always had an identity, and I, this yeah. is a bit of thing for me, isn't it? I keep mm. coming back to it every other podcast, but yeah, what is our what is our identity? Yeah. And I think Herta could have that. Yeah. If they were cleverer, if they were a little yeah. bit more smart. Well, this I mean, just, just you, go you back know, to if it. Union changed their name to Union Copenhagen, instead of Berlin, they'd also be a one-city club. Yeah. Like, like what, what about something more fundamental that around the idea that just need to score more exciting goals? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like when Platten, uh, Platten Hart scored, scored in the uh, second leg, that was, that's, to my in my recollection, we haven't scored a free kick in ages. No. We haven't scored a goal from outside the box in ages. No. Yeah. And we it haven't electric, like scored a goal where everyone sort of left <laughs> the seat. Do you want to know what's so funny? And I thought about this the other day. The first uh, win of the season that we had against Bochum, all three goals were a moment of individual work. Right, so Serdar latching onto a loose ball, Maldida with this dribbling run, none of them were team goals. Yeah, mm. in the very last goal we scored of the season was also a piece of individual work, mm. not a team goal. Yeah. <laughs> and you were just like, oh god, it's this mayhem again. It comes down to players' individual quality because we have quality, but it doesn't work together, and yeah. that's. I just think you know, we don't have the combination. Like, if you had, like, some of the, and I'll use Premier League um, teams, or I could easily use Bayern or Dortmund or whatever. But these teams, they have a combination of methods of getting goals. You, you either have the, like an amazing player, so let's use Dortmund. You have an amazing player like Haaland who, give him the ball in the right moment, he's just going to score. Yeah. He's probably going to score twice. Well. You know. Yeah. Lewandowski. Yeah, and if but if Haaland doesn't score, somebody's going to hit one in from a free kick anyway. And if that doesn't happen, they're just going to play through everyone, and eventually they're going to score. At some point, they're going to score. Yeah. Like I mean, we, we seem to start the game with, I'm not sure we're going to score today. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, th- I think we we, we like, have to work harder for it because yeah. I don't think the continuity is there, to the teamwork and the setup. We do work harder for it. The, the best goal we scored this season was possibly that Serdar flick against Augsburg. That was a team goal. It came from teamwork. It was three, four yeah. passes, won the ball high, passed it quickly, worked together. Great piece yeah. of skill from Serdar went in, right? Yeah. That was a great goal. We needed more of that for the entire yeah. season. That's it. We, I think like maybe there's, for the past three seasons, mm. you know, You've do, you can't have the very few goals like that, you know. Whereas some teams you can rely on them to score a goal like that again. You see, you see teams yeah. and you think they go from one end of the pitch to the other in three or four passes and then score a goal. And you think, why can't we do that? Yeah, <laughs> why can't we unlock? Why, where's the movement to, to create this? Yeah. I mean, to I, use, I, a, I use a Premier League example and, and Chris's team, West Ham, mm. like they've always looked like scoring this season, even like even when they sort of play in Liverpool or Tottenham, you think. They're gonna get a goal. Like, I think it's the not... first season, yeah. first season in, in my sort of twenty-five years watching them that we've scored in every home game. That's yeah. weird. That Hertha, except for the playoffs, I think also scored in every single home game this season. I think it's the same thing. Did they really? I think they did. Yeah. Hell. 
That it's really insane, diminishes that. what I'm Chris has just said about gonna, West Ham. I'm going to check it's it. Like, I'm going to check it. <laughs> I was like, well done. God, that's pissed on my chips. <laughs> no, no, I think they are have exactly the same. I, I also uh, think Manchester City and Liverpool did the same, though, so it's okay. Oh, them, yeah, those two. <laughs> they might have yeah. got three or let's four. Not, let's not get into the defending stats, then. Let's, let's walk away <laughs> well, now. Yeah, we, maybe that's what Anna's getting to. We can see ah, that a goal in every hold home on, game. I'm going to check that now. I'm really, really curious. We start build out, don't we? <laughs> with, oh, I'm going to check that stat. I'm very, very curious. I didn't curious. think we scored many goals at all this season. No, I didn't. I didn't, but... One, did we even score like one, 45 goals? I don't think we one, did, did we? We're lacking, we're lacking players capable of it. That, that's always been my argument for it. Is you yeah, can look we did, by the way. That is a true stat. We scored in every single home game except for the relegation playoff against Hamburg. Oh, which wow. probably doesn't count wow. because that's the season. That's, that's crazy. Even against it? Leipzig, even against Bayern, we scored one. Shows how bad we were at the back then, really. Yeah. Because we yeah, lost against was... Bayern 4-1 and we lost against Leipzig 6-1, yeah. I think. So, um, yes, that is a Yeah, you kind of forget the one, don't you? Yeah. You always forget the... I want to know how many goals we scored because I, I think so it's 30-something. Many... Stato, how many games did we get beat by two clear goals? Oh, my God. Do you... oh, um, I don't want to look funny. at that. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, home and away. Sometimes, <laughs> if if you always, that that awful, one of those other awful football cliches, we were always in the game. Yeah, we was always I'm, in the game. Keep I'm, one goal, we was always in the game. One's not yeah, enough anyway. Look at one's um, not enough. I think we scored thirty something goals, then we conceded sixty ah, something. We, we really so that was like a, almost like a goal a game. Mm. So right back to your first question, Mark. No, we didn't deserve to stay up. <laughs> Oh, okay, all the way back. Um, I was going to look at how many goals we scored this season because I would really like to know, but I fixtures. I'll tell you now. I'll tell you now. We we scored thirty-seven goals and conceded seventy-one. Ah! Okay. Seventy-one goals. Yeah. Only, only, only. Well, you can believe that. Like, I think three games, three or four games in, we'd gone. You know, we had. Five against Bayern, six against uh, Leipzig. Dort- yeah. Four Leipzig. against Mainz away. Yeah. We scored the Four same amount that Bayern home. Munich conceded all season. I mean, those, that's the ones you're mentioning, Anna, like Union. Hmm. Like, for, let, to let four goals in against them. Like, that was that, terrible. That big, and yeah. I, don't know if it was, I don't know if it was the occasion that got Sunderland. to them, but... Or something that like was that. Horrible. You know, it was where we were under the coach at the time. I think that the, the squad, no one was was buying into what was what was going on. Yeah. Once they conceded a second goal, two one, they just sort of fell apart, which is it's a miracle, really, what McGat did and his team. Mm. Yeah. We were dead and buried. Yeah. One yeah. goals and we still stayed up. Yeah. But mm. under McGat, I don't know how many we conceded. I think. Uh, how many games was he in charge? Because the first game yeah. he was, the first game I think it was eleven games or something he was in charge. So the first game he was in charge was um, Hoffenheim. Yeah. So we conceded two six, uh, two six, seven, eight, nine. It's already twelve. Twelve goals. Yeah. Yeah. Am I, well, but on your game, we conceded four, but we conceded 12 goals under McGaff. Yeah. 
but uh, most of them were against higher opposition, so Labour coups. Oh, well, actually, we were bottom. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, I think we conceded 12 goals in 11, uh, in 12, no, 13 games. You, you've got so, to say, if we were any good, this wouldn't be a comedy gold mine, would it? Yeah. No, it's terrible. <laughs> well, but. You know what though, those those latter games is what we had to deal with, with with a very young goalkeeper in Locker who's who's moved on to Dortmund. Then we Dortmund had Christi, too. Chris, Dortmund, Dortmund, too. Dortmund's right, yeah. yeah. And then, and then but still he he's done a great job for us. He and Christiansen came in for the playoffs and, and, so, and done really well. Yeah, so, that was you know, an odd one with Lotka because his hands he's so good with his uh, coming out and grabbing the ball in his hands. He's so bad with his feet. So it was really, I loved him with his hands, but his feet were really annoying. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's yeah. probably a lot of goalkeepers the same, though. Yeah. Not every yeah. goalkeeper's distribution's got his main yeah. job of the yeah. shot stopping. I mean, fair play to him. He was thrown in in, in like yeah. an arse clenching moment and he took his chance and kept, kept <laughs> made, his made the odd mistake, but, but then, what do you expect yeah. for his age? Imagine, imagine that poor Oliver Christensen gets told, by the way, you've got to play your first game for us in the relegation playoff. Imagine yeah. how awful that felt he did. like. I mean, he did very Oosh. well, actually. You yeah. Know? Not only did he do very well, he seemed to bloody love it. And that's what yeah. I liked about it. I love that. He, he, he seems like. all season, although he's been in yeah. the background, that he's always been ready. Yeah. If, if they need me, I'm here. And right. He stayed in with the first team, even though he, often he's not even been on the bench. When he he's was, always uh, been around the squad and... We, when we beat Stuttgart, he went mental. <laughs> he wasn't even playing. He had to play yeah. a single minute for us. Um, and he'd had concussion like a week before. And, like, this guy is crazy. Um, but he was patient. He's a patient guy. I spoke to him. He's like, yeah, I know it's not fair. It's not, it's not fair, but it's like, you know, it is what it is. I've got to be patient and wait. He waited. He got his chance. He did really well. But Lotka only went in because, because Christensen was injured. So... Um, I was like, what do we do? Because you've got a good goalkeeper with his hands, but if he makes a mistake with his feet, you know, with his distribution at all, what do we do? We can't risk that. And do you know what really struck me with Lotka? And I, I admire him, but I think he's an idiot at the same time. Why on earth did he stay on against Dortmund? Well, he it's not his choice, is it? No, he, it was he, his choice. He said he was No, fine. no, but he, he, he's not going to know if he's concussed or not. That's the thing. He's not going to yeah. know at that moment. The doctors will come out and make checks. It's usually up to the club doctor. Get him off, haul him you off. Can't, but you can't, the club doctor can't force him to come off. It has to be his decision. Unless the coach takes him off. And if he tells the coach that he's fine, coach, why should he take him off? But the fact that he played 45 minutes with a concussion and then couldn't play for two weeks afterwards... Yeah. Well, so from his dangerous. point of view, he probably only remembers the game as nil-nil, so he's... Probably, he's right. yeah. No, <laughs> he he, clean um, sheet. Bless him. No, he, I mean, when, if you saw it, yeah, no, that he, was awful. Yeah, he should have been off. But. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. I mean, he smacked that post really hard, mm. really hard. And that's part of the reason why people, the week later, when... Hamburg conceded, uh, scored that goal and Christensen conceded. They said, oh, why didn't he do what Lotka did? I was like, what do you mean? Smash his head against the post. Because <laughs> Lotka stopped a similar shot going in. That's how he smashed his face. Like, well, if Christensen had turned round and done the same and tried to tip it over, it would have ended up... Um, oh, my camera's frozen. Um, he would have ended up, you know, <laughs> smacking his face. He would have ended up smashing his face in. So. Maybe. Yeah. He might not have, but Probably. it's happened. Yeah. Well, 
I think we should wrap it up there and say we're going to come back in a couple of weeks and start talking about now we've got over this season we can start looking towards next season so thank you all for that analysis because I think it's very good I'm so excited for next season yeah and a couple of things just to mention briefly before we sign off uh, people who want to get involved in our website, particularly blogging for us, please get in touch. Uh, we'll put something on the Facebook site uh, and um, to let you know how to contact and submit blogs for the for the coming season because uh, we want more people to get involved. And what else was I going to mention? I can't remember, uh, but we'll pick it up next time. But uh, yeah, so thank you, everyone. And uh, yeah, that was juice. It was good. Cheers. Yeah. Auf Wiedersehen. I'm frozen on that picture. <laughs>